This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to take two of episode 91 of the Holland Assets Podcast. I'm Craig. Over there, he's Chris. Still here. Same guy. Can't it, get rid of me. It's not It's not that you're still here. It's you're here again. again. Uh, so this episode is coming out a little bit later today than it normally does because, uh, well, I blame Chris. Chris jinxed it <laughs> yesterday. I, this is not a, this is not a joke. Is, it's not a lie. This is not a joke. Um, yeah. it, we, we recorded this episode yesterday and Chris made a joke or not a joke, just an observation about how great it's been that over 90 episodes, we only ever had to re-record maybe one and it was really early on. Ha 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 ha. Thanks, Chris. Uh, it is my fault. I'll take the blame. <laughs> anyway, today we are going to be talking about annual planning and what you, Chris, are doing for annual planning for 2022 and uh, kind of what you encourage others to do as well. Uh, before we do, you had an intro topic, and I'm going to pretend not to know what that was because, uh, you know, we we didn't already record this yesterday huh. <laughs> yeah but before we get to the intro topic or, or not the 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 my teaser I guess yeah your, you could your say, teaser yeah um i i want to say so we are going to be talking about goal planning today and um i want to lead off just by saying that i think goal planning and setting goals it's it's not one of my favorite things in the world but i think it's one of the things that's had the biggest impact on my success and especially if you look at it from the stance of how much time I put into it versus the benefit gained from it, mm. I think it's really the, the most beneficial thing you can do for a business. So what you're saying is this is an important episode. This is an important episode. Okay. Even right. though it may not be the most entertaining episode in the world, it is a very important episode. That's true. Yesterday's episode was wildly entertaining. People, it, like, it, it'll go down in history as the best episode of Holland Assets ever recorded. That doesn't launch. That, that yeah, that you'll <laughs> never hear. No, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, well, uh, good. Before you uh, tackle this subject, then I will remind everybody, go to hollandassetsllc.com, go to Facebook, where I just shared a picture of me and Chris sporting our uh, delightful new t-shirts, the Holland Assets t-shirts, which are available for you to purchase. Yeah, on Motor uh, Carrier HQ and, uh, on the online store. Yep, MotorCarrierHQ.com. You can go check out these uh, these fine t-shirts. It's it's kind of a great way to support us a little bit. You exactly. Know, we, we put some time and effort into into these podcasts, and so yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's a good way to to kick a few bucks. Give us our some way. love. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it's much appreciated. And besides that, you're advertising for us, which is <laughs> always appreciated Absolutely. when you wear that t-shirt around. So, all right, Chris. So what, what's your teaser? You've got a teaser for an upcoming episode, right? Yeah, I, I've been, you know, I've been doing my annual planning for all of, all of my businesses. And we sat down over the last couple of weeks with iThrive funding. And, and we also, as we do our annual planning, we look at some of the metrics for the business for the last year. And one of the metrics that really stuck out to me was our retention rate at iThrive. It, it's way better than it's ever been. So iThrive uh, being the, 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 factoring, the factoring company. company. So what, what does a retention rate mean for a factoring company? It, well, it just means that we don't have a, you know, we're bringing in a lot of new clients and not losing a whole lot out the back door. And there's usually two ways that you lose clients in the factoring space. They either go to a competitor which doesn't happen a lot to us because we do a really good job. And um, two, they go, you know, 
guys just go out of business or stop operating. And so that's how you lose people. And and that's where really the majority of our losses have come from in the past is just guys going out of business or deciding that the the owner operator route's not the right thing for them. Well, well this year it's been like almost non-existent and you know, that's really because as we've talked over the last year or so, how good rates are and how, you know, it's really been a really good year for the trucking industry, you know, specifically owner operators. And, you know, so the teaser is, is not the next episode because the next episode is going to be a financials episode. But I think the episode after that, we're going to go into, um, kind of the state of the economy, what I think is going to happen over the next year, um, and and just kind of try to forecast a a little bit. And I think that'll be good too, to kind of, as you're doing your annual planning over the next month or so help, um, you know, that'll help you make some decisions and decide what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Cause it, it has been a very, uh, very interesting year rates wise. And, yep. uh, it's, it, it's been awesome, which as you like to say, doesn't last forever. Uh, but, uh, yeah. still, well, still we'll take advantage a, of the op- awesomeness. Right? You want to take advantage of the opportunity, but yeah, also, you know, we'll talk a, a lot about also, you know, the kind of the, the reoccurring theme of, you know, don't get too comfortable in this kind of a market. Mm. You know, I, I have seen, I I have a feeling I've I've never got some hard statistics on this, but I I can guarantee you that more people that start a business in this kind of environment five years down the road are more likely to go out of business than a guy who starts it when the economy is not going so well, um, because they've, they've learned to operate on a, on a more skinny environment, shoestring budget, shoestring budget. Mm -hmm. And, And now you don't have to really, you should, but you don't have to. And, and so you just have to be really careful and keep that in mind that, uh, things ain't always going to be this good. Yeah. Well, that'll uh, be a topic for another day, as you said. Um, and, uh, the topic for today is your annual planning and by extension, everybody else's annual planning who's listening to this. It is something you should do. Right. And we're going to talk about why, uh, but Chris, why don't you set it up for me? Tell me about, um, some of your uh, your philosophy, the theory behind annual planning, what this means, what it does for you, and why you like it so much, <laughs> and why you love, love doing it. <laughs> you know, one of the things I really like about annual planning is it kind of gets you excited for the future, because you're, you're planning the growth of your business, you're planning on where you want it to be, and it really gets you excited about the future. That's, that's really one of my favorite things about it. So as far as my philosophy goes, um, one of the things that I think is really important is you don't want to set too many goals. I, I think you should set two to three goals for your business. And when I, when I say two to three goals, I mean, these are like big impactful things that are going to make a big positive or have a big positive impact on your business. Um, and, and then behind that or underneath that, you're going to set some subtask for each one of those goals. And this will start to make a little bit more sense as we get further along to it. But, you know, typically just two to three and guess what? What I'm gonna break that rule today. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. This this I know because uh, yeah, having looked ahead at this point, <laughs> it was pretty funny. So okay, uh, two to three goals is what you're what you're going for with the sub goals and whatnot. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the philosophy behind this, or do you want to dive into the goals right away? Um, let's let's and, go ahead and and we'll let me say one more thing real quick. So two to three goals, you're gonna have subtasks under there, and you want to have it outlined you know, kind of the path to do that. You typically want to put dates with it, have it written down. You know, it just, everything's a lot more concrete when 
it's written down, there's dates. And we'll talk a little bit about some other things that you can do at the end, like, a, you know, holding yourself accountable and, and we'll go from there. So right. let's, let's jump into kind of our, our planning for, for Holland assets for 2022. Okay, perfect. So, uh, starting with our, um, well, rule breaking amount of goals. What's the first one on your, on your list then? So, uh, Chet, Chet, Nate and I sat down over the last couple of weeks and, and kind of talked through these goals. So the first one, and this is one that we actually really kind of had in the process already. Um, we, we not something you came up it's with not, cold, right? It's not something we just came up recently. And, and the reason is, is because, well, it, it's, it's grow by five trucks. And you can't sit down with a dealership today and say, hey, I want five trucks next month. You had to make that decision like in July. Right. And so we we kind of sat down in July and really started to talk about what we want to do as far as growth wise for Holland Assets. And so five trucks is what we're... Which is a... That, that's a... Not insane. I mean, you you guys know what you're capable of, uh, but it's that that is a huge goal, right? This is you're running four trucks on the road right now. Is that we're, right? We're running four, should have a fifth one. Like we, we, we've talked about the fifth one. We should have got that the middle of November. Um, it's still, it's built and waiting for a computer chip. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it could come any day now. It could be another month or two. Who knows? Well, let's, uh, assuming that you get that truck on the road this month, so it's still in 2021, uh, that's doubling the number of trucks on the road in one calendar year. Yeah, that's some that's, that's fairly aggressive growth. Yeah, I'll say so. Yeah. Um, so what, why is it because the market is good enough right now? You feel like you can do that? Like why why this aggressive kind of growth? That's part of it. Uh, another part of it is you know the fact that we brought on our partner Nate, um, and we've got somebody that can dedicate fully to it. Who he's got the you know it's still going to be a, a tough you know a tough go, but we've. You know, we, we've financially got resources, you know, we've got Nate dedicated full time and, and, and we feel like, you know, that doubling that size, this will probably be the only time we ever double our size mm. in, in this year. Uh, other than, I guess we really technically did that this more than doubled it this last year, but our, our growth, I don't think is going to continue to be doubled this year and then, you know, add 10 next year. That's, that's not the plan. We probably more likely another five or so the, the coming year, but the reason we're doing five this year is it gets us up to that number, that 10 number of trucks, you know, that five to 10 range is where it kind of starts to get easier to do what goal number two is going to be, which we'll get into okay. in just oh, a minute. Don't, don't get too excited, yeah, Greg. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I got to wait and be patient. Um, sorry, go on. I, I kind of want to take a little bit of step back now and, and let's talk back into the time of, you know, that July when mm -hmm. we were trying to decide how we wanted to grow. Um, because so before we even decided we wanted to purchase five trucks, we had to answer, you know, how are we going to grow in, in the trucking industry? There's typically two ways that trucking companies grow. They either buy trucks and add drivers or they bring on owner operators. And so that was the first thing that we really had to decide is what, which method were we going to use? Right. Em employees versus contractors kind right. of a split. And there's pros and cons of both, but you know, the biggest pro of bringing on, owner operators is that you don't have to buy the equipment because they come with their own equipment. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if money is sh in short supply for you and you don't have, you know, the, either the financial resources or the credit or whatever you need to do to buy your own trucks, owner operators is a great way to go because they bring the trucks. You don't have to spend quite as much money 
you know, out the door and, it, and it's typically do, a little easier. Do you feel like that's also less risky for you or is it just putting the risk in somebody else's hands and you have to deal with it regardless? It, it And that's another pro of it is it's less risky because, you know, I'm going to be kind of callous with this, but, you know, say 10 years or a year down the road, all of a sudden, you know, you, you can't find the freight that you need to keep your 10 trucks busy and five of them are owner operators you can, it's pretty easy to get rid of the owner operators and, and it's a lot easier to do that than say, Hey, I've got these five extra trucks that I can't make the payments on anymore. That gets ugly. Right. Well, getting rid of owner operators isn't funny. isn't fun either, but it's easier to do. It's logistically easier at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so callous, Chris, how (laughs) dare you? Uh, okay. Um, what else do you need to do to make this, uh, this goal happen? The five trucks in 2022. So so then once we decided for us that we wanted to buy the trucks, um, and, and buy our own trucks, we, we had to make the decision. Okay. We're going to continue purchasing new trucks or used trucks. Um, and then, you know, do we want to stick with the brand that we've been using? Same thing with trailers. And so we, we kind of answered all those questions. And so in our situation, we're buying new trucks, we're buying trucks, we're buying new trucks. And, um, we're for the most part sticking with Freightliner. Um, Freightliner is not going to be, we, we originally wanted to get five from Freightliner. They came back, you know, all the manufacturers are doing this and, you know, they're in, in July of this last year, they, they looked at all the orders everybody wanted. And I don't think anybody got as many trucks as they wanted. So what we're going to end up doing in our situation is we should get four from Freightliner. And then we were able to get another two commitment from Kenworth. Hang on, Chris. And, that's six. That's not five. <laughs> that's six. That's six. I yeah, just wanted to look at that. Look I, at you go with your math I, skills. I didn't even need a spreadsheet for that. Chris. Mad math skills. <laughs> that is six. And so what the plan is with that is, we, you know, this everything's so volatile and unpredictable right now that we kind of are overshooting a little bit mm. and hope that we get at least the five worst case scenario. If we are able to get all the, all four from Freightliner and two from Kenworth worst case scenario, we either lose a deposit on one of them with Kenworth or we get Kenworth to let us push off that sixth truck for another to, few months. Yeah. A few months in, into, you know, 2023. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, good. So any other aspects of this particular goal that you want to talk about? So one of the other subtasks with that one, there's a couple more we'll just talk about real quick. Mm-hmm. The first one is just work on financing. You know, financing oh, sure. is, an, is an important part of that. Adding five trucks in the course of a year um, is, is a big deal. And so you've got to start establishing some pretty good relationships with bankers early on because um, you've got to have a banker that's on board with that level of growth. Cause th- you're, you're, when you're growing that aggressively, your financials for the previous year aren't necessarily going to justify you adding that many trucks. And so, you know, they've got to feel comfortable that you've got a good business plan. You've got good management skills and that you're going to be able to bring on those five trucks, continue to make all the payment on your existing trucks, the new trucks. And so, you know, you, it, you're not, not every bank out there is going to, finance play, that play kind of a deal. That, yeah. yeah. So you need to find the right partner to do that. And so that's something that you need to start working on as early as you can. So we've already started doing that. We've met with a handful of bankers and, and we think we're going to be able to get there, but you don't think you're just going to walk into any bank and say, Hey, I want to go from five trucks to 10 trucks. Is this something you would theoretically be willing to work with a lot of different banks, or I should say several different banks to finance what you're looking to do? Or is it like, Hey, if, if our main partner isn't going to do it, we're not going to do it. No, there we 
our ideal situation would be to finance all five trucks with one bank. Mm -hmm. There, there are, um, things in the trucking industry or a financing option that's called a guidance line, which is essentially they approve you for the financing for all five trucks and trailers at, in, in one shot. And it kind of operates almost like a line of credit when you're ready to close on one of the trucks that reduces the, the, the line that you have available. They basically create one term loan for those, that truck and trailer. Mm -hmm. And then it, so you're not going through the financing application process every time you do it one time for all the trucks and trailers. And then, you know, you, you, you create a, a loan for each one as they come online. That right. Makes sense. Okay. All right. So that's financing. Now so that's the, that's the ideal situation. Right. If that doesn't work, then you may have to end up going through five different banks to get five different trucks and trailers. And that becomes a headache. <laughs> sure. Still doable, but, but you'd it, rather not. You'd rather not. Rather yeah. avoid that if you can. It is, yeah. I guess my question was whether you would rather grow or keep it simple. Um, would you rather work with three banks to get financing or would you rather put off the growth, uh, to keep your life, uh, headache free? I, I think we would, in our situation, we, we would definitely try even, even if it meant going to five different banks, we'd go to five different banks. Okay. All right. I just, the question occurred to me. I uh, didn't think to ask that yesterday when we were recording this, but I do remember one other issue with uh, buying five trucks is that, uh, despite what, Tesla and Apple might want for us now, these trucks don't drive themselves. No, they don't. Right? <laughs> so, the, so you got to staff these. You got to staff these. And so that's another one of the things that we want to make sure as part of this growth model is that we've got good systems in place and we're doing things correctly so that we're able to attract and retain um, good drivers. And so one thing we actually just did, um, you know, today is we're, we're in the first week of December. Um, we're given a pretty good Christmas bonus to, to all of our drivers. Mm. And, uh, you know, just for a couple different reasons, one, we want them to feel like they're a valued member of our team. Cause they um, are, they are, they absolutely are. They, none of this could happen without their efforts. And we really truly appreciate that. And that's a, you know, a token of our, our appreciation. And then, you know, hopefully, you know, it's been a, it's been a good year for Holland assets. And, and this is a way for us to be able to kind of, you know, spread the wealth a little bit and, and, give everybody a little bit of a piece of the pie. Mm. Yeah. Per not se. Bad. And, and hopefully, you know, drivers see that as a, um, um, a good token, a good gesture. Sure. Sure. I would say. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, so that's part, I guess there's not much more to it than that. You're going to have to hire new drivers. Um, but you're going to have to retain them as well. Like you're saying, you know, make them, keep them happy. Yep. Uh, so that'll be part of the goal of getting five more trucks on the road, which frankly, when you say oh, we need to hire five more drivers, that's a whole other goal in itself. It is, <laughs> but in yeah. this, uh, it's kind of a sub sub point. It, it, it's a big one. chunk of that goal. Yeah. It's, it's going to be, you know, that's a critical piece of it. So absolutely. what is goal number two then? So goal number two, and, and I, um, is, is to establish some direct shipper relationships. We've kind of talked about doing this in the past. Um, we've never really kind of defined a concrete plan for doing that. And, and we probably would have done it a little bit earlier, but the spot rate, the spot market has just been so good the last year, year and a half that we just haven't felt haven't the need to, yeah. and the push to do that. With that being said, you know, the economy goes up and down and 
those direct relationships with shippers is one of the things that we can do to kind of hedge for when the economy goes down because the, the spot market is is super volatile so when things go bad that's the first thing that goes bad and it typically goes really bad and and having some good direct relationships and contracts with shippers will help us you know help navigate through some of those more difficult times when that comes right and like you said this is something that you've talked about in the past uh, establishing these direct relationships with the shippers, as I recall, just means we're we're cutting out the middleman of the broker uh, who's helping find loads for you and arrange those contracts, right? Yeah. yeah so, uh, so what? Let me ask you this question, and this one occurred to me um, between the, the previous recording and this one. Uh, what sort of benefit, percentage-wise, do you see from cutting out that middleman? Like, how much do you stand to gain for each? uh direct shipper relationship you have are we talking you know versus the the spot market rates that you're getting right now are you talking like a five percent increase a 40 percent increase like what what sort of revenue difference is there so that that's a really good question and um i don't know that it, we're gonna we necessarily see a, a huge increase in revenue versus what we're seeing now what what it does is it creates stability and so we may not, we may get the same rates as we do, but they're, they're kind of more guaranteed contracts. And so it's more reliable freight. And so even if the market does, the spot market goes down, those contract rates aren't going to go down. Mm. They're going to hold steady. And so that's really kind of more what we're shooting for with the direct shipper relationships is just that stability, not necessarily the increase. And, and, and if, if we were having the same conversation two years ago, when the spot market wasn't doing so well, mm -hmm. we, we would definitely be seeking an increase of, of, of where rates were at at right. that point. But kind of because of rates are so good right now on the spot market that we don't really expect that. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I just thought I'd ask about that. Uh, so how do you go about doing this? Because uh, as I understand it, you're the ultimate schmoozer. Uh, you're just doing nothing all day, but shaking hands and kissing babies, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> so yeah, how do you go about establishing these relationships and how fast do you think you'll be able to do it? That's a good question. And and I, you'll, I've never been on that side of the business before. So I don't feel like I've got a, a lot of great experience in doing that. And so there, there's two steps well, kind of two and a half steps in this in this goal that I want to talk about, and and the first one. Well, let, let me kind of clarify this first. Our intent with establishing this direct relationship with shippers is not to really execute on that part of the plan until the latter half of 2022. So this is probably something that we're really not going to start executing until the the second half of next year. Okay. With that being said, we're going to start laying the groundwork and kind of pushing the you know the ball down the field in the first half of the year, but that's really going to be mostly just a little bit of planning. So the the first step in this is is kind of developing the outline or the plan for how do we get from where we are today to essentially opening a brokerage. Now the brokerage piece is is something that's you know a step ahead of even direct mm. the direct shippers, but it's all say. part of it. So the shipper is really what we're going to do this year, and the brokerage might be something, maybe something we do this year, but maybe 2023. But our, our plan is to get from where we are to having a brokerage and 
somewhere in the middle of that is is developing those relationships with shippers. So are you just looking way, way ahead into the future then? Are you talking about establishing a brokerage with a client of one being you? Or is this, uh, you're thinking big, like, hey, we're going to start a whole new no, I, company out of this? Yeah, I, I think we'd start a whole new company out of it. Um, and, and again, that's later on down the road. Right. It, it'd start with just hauling assets essentially and using our trucks and then, you know, at some point, hopefully having enough relationships with shippers that we can kind of right. start to, to operate as a brokerage. Oh, that'll be cool. Because uh, as I understand it, you're super bored. You have nothing to do <laughs> most days and uh, you, you need, uh, yeah, I need, you need, I need more, more responsibilities. Yeah, more, more things to do. Yeah, it makes sense. It yeah. Makes sense. Uh, okay. So, uh, so you're going to be working the next uh, six months or so on getting ready to make this happen. Then you'll make it happen in the latter half of the year. Yep. Anything else you want to say on this goal? So, so then one piece that's going to be critical with this, and, and this kind of answers the question you asked just a couple minutes ago, is um, Nate, neither Nate nor I feel like we have the time or really even the skill set. We'd have to do too much on-the-job learning, and it wouldn't be worth it for us to be the one that goes out and, as you say, knock, door, knock on doors, kiss babies, do that kind of thing. Right. Um, so Which, by the way, if you knock on a door and then just ask somebody to kiss their baby, it's not going to frowned well. upon. Yeah. That's upon. Yeah. <laughs> that's not the approach. I've never I tried would that, but I'll take your word for it, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, probably you know, pretty early on in the the second half of of 2022, we'll hire somebody mm. that will do that for us. Somebody, a, a salesperson for yep. that. Okay, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So, boy, you're going to be hiring a lot of people for hauling assets. We are. It's yeah. I've got I've got some competition to uh, get myself <laughs> on my face on the side of the truck. I'll, there'll be all yeah. sorts of candidates. You're, it's not going to happen as long as you've got that man bun. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll put that out. Fair right enough. Now. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, not a lot of man buns on uh, on trucks. No, I, I, I don't. Yeah, I, I I don't think too many truckers are going to think <laughs> very highly of your man bun. Hey, you know what? That's. But we're a diverse group. I mean, we're understanding and. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll turn a blind eye to your Chris, fashion faux pas. Chris, what's goal number three? Let's move on. <laughs> we're not, no, we're not going we're not to goal, done number with goal number three. We're not done because we have. I we I've got one on here that's kind of part of goal number one and kind of part of goal number two. Okay. So we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> what's that? Um, it, it's we want to have a yard truck, or oh. essentially an extra truck by the end of 2022. So if we end up getting that sixth truck, um, next year, that may it may just kind of really for the most part be replacing. Um, an older truck, an older truck that we still keep, but just use in, in case of, you know, break glass in case of emergency type thing. Right. So yeah, if, if another truck's down or something's going on and we need, need to haul a load quickly and don't have a truck for it, we'll have that spare truck that we can use for that right. kind of a thing. Right. As long as I'm not out joyriding it. As long, yeah. As long as you're not taking the kids to school on this truck. Right. Okay, cool. Uh, so a, a yard truck and how does that feed into the direct shipper relationships goal? I, because I think that's kind of important to have, because when you, when you have a direct relationship with a shipper, you don't want to, um, not be able to follow through on your commitment. Right. And so if we've got a spare truck that Nate or I could jump into, if something happens or mm. something comes up, you know, either another or, or another truck breaks down and, and all of a sudden we're down a truck and can't haul a load that we'd already committed to, we've got it. We've got a way to do that. So if I understand what you're saying, having this direct relationship with the shipper, it's great for you because it provides more stability, et cetera, et cetera, all the things you said, but it also probably gives you less room for excuses and yeah. uh, dropping balls and all that stuff. So yeah. you've got to have backup plans. You want to be able to perform. Yeah. You want to, you want to 
be able to stick to your end of the bargain or you, you they're not going to stick with you. Right. Well, there you go. Okay. All right. Chris, are we ready for uh, number three? Goal number we can three. move on to number three now. Okay. And this is something that you've heard me talk a little bit about in other podcasts. And, and it's something that I've really had to focus a lot in on some of my other businesses. And and now Holland Assets is kind of getting to the, the, the size where it's becoming more important. And that's improved scalability. Improve scalability. And ladies and gentlemen, he said that without a whiteboard in front of him. <laughs> it's I, a pretty... It's scale, scalability. No, no, yeah, no. That's not like that. five <laughs> syllables. That's a that's pushing the limits no, for all me. I, all I meant was that uh, it's so corporate speak. I feel like I'm in a <laughs> I'm in a boardroom and somebody's uh, you know they're writing down the goals on the whiteboard behind yeah, them. And, yeah. uh, it's a, improve scalability is just a, a disgusting turn of phrase for you, Chris. It is. Yeah. It's but a, what does it what does it what does it mean? It it basically means, you know, as as you get older or older as you grow any business, um, you want, you know, for instance, in, in a truck, you want to add one truck and, you know, your, your whole process to kind of increase at the same speed and same level as, um, as, as it was before. So you're not adding complexity to the situation, right? And because right now we've, we've got some inefficiencies in, for instance, our load tracking systems, because we're doing a lot, guess, guess what I'm using to, do most of this my, my favorite solution Your to fa- all problems yeah spreadsheets spreadsheets yeah, yeah sure so and spreadsheets <laughs> aren't the best way to do that and so you know or as anything we, else for that matter chris yeah as we get add more trucks we, we're kind of on this exponential curve where things are getting exponentially more complicated mm-hmm. instead of that comp that level of complexity being linear as you're adding trucks it's exponential and becoming right. significantly more complicated. It's, it's almost like we add one truck, but our level of complexity increases by two instead of increasing by one. Right. And so the scalability just makes it so that that level of complexity, you know, basically is at the same pace as the number of trucks that you're adding. So I, I don't think we, sense? I think so, but I was just going to ask you for a little more clarification. I don't think we need to go into a, the real nitty gritty of a, a what, what do you call it? A management system? A Trans, transportation. Transportation management, management system. Management TMS system. is often what they're called. So yeah, we don't need to go into every little detail of that. That might be a good episode later, but um, when we're talking about that, what are, uh, give me one concrete thing that is not scalable with spreadsheets that you might be able to do with a TMS? One, one of the things that we're putting way too much time and effort in is payroll. Okay. Um, you know, kind of, so we, we track the mileage that drivers make in one system. We put it on a spreadsheet. We, and then we kind of track their per diem and a few other things. Then we've got to put it into a payroll system that makes the payroll. And it's just, it's very clunky, cumbersome, a lot of steps, a lot of steps. And it just, and, and there's, each one of those steps introduces a, a room for error and mm. it just, you know, and payroll especially is just something you don't want to make errors on. Right. And so then to avoid errors, you're double, triple checking everything and it just becomes incredibly time consuming. And so with the TMS, what you're saying is uh, it removes a lot of those steps where you're able to input the numbers and not go through three yeah. more steps. It just spits out the, uh, the it, correct. It either check. removes steps or it automates steps. And so it just, it just makes everything more smooth. And, and so, you know, it, it, it just works better. Yeah. And 
Okay, makes sense. Okay, so it's more imp- scalable. Improve scalability. I yeah. will see how often I can say that without shriveling, <laughs> shriveling up and dying. Uh, no. <laughs> Chris, I spent, I spent, oh gosh, ten years working in in uh, giant corporations, and you're done. I had my well, no, I I don't I don't mind giant corporations. It's just uh, hey, for a lot of reasons, it's all fine. But boy, some of those meetings with the improved oh, scalability yeah. and other corporate speak. Oh, I'm yeah. getting traumatic. I'm not a big fan of meetings. <laughs> All right, so so uh, we've got uh, three goals now that you've mentioned, and you said that uh, we only want to do two to three annual goals, so we're done for today, right, Chris? <laughs> right? Well, this is where I break my rule. I'm, I'm allowed to do that, right? If, if I make the rule, I can break it? Yeah, it's sure. Yeah, that's how it works. Yeah. All right, so there is a fourth rule, but I want to caveat this fourth rule. This fourth rule is not something that really takes time in the sense that it's not something I'm going to have to carve out a chunk of my day to do. Okay. So it, it'll take time to make it happen, but it's not time consuming. It's, it's not taking man hours. Right. Oh, it's, it's not, uh, it's not energy intensive. It's not energy uh, intensive. Even yeah. if it takes time we, to get through. And we've already talked about this in a podcast or two ago to a certain extent. So what it really boils down to is we want to improve our financial strength. And this is for two reasons. One, you know, it kind of sets us up better for, you know, future growth, you know, specifically, you know, if we improve our financial strength, banks will look at our, you know, our balance sheet and they'll see a strong balance sheet. It'd get easier to get loans, you know, and, and then also that's going to make it easier for us to, um, weather storms, mm. which is, which obviously is important too. Right. So either way, whether things are going great or you run into a rough patch, um, having this financial stability will, uh, it will be a good idea. Uh, so what does it mean exactly to improve uh, the financial strength of the company? And so this is just really kind of the savings piece. And we talked a little bit about this, how our, our goal is to save $15,000 in operating capital per truck. So, you know, if we've got five trucks, that's $75,000. And that's kind of the the floor of our checking account during any given month. So we don't want our checking account to ever drop below that 75000 bucks. Right. And you've just you've got that for you know operating emergencies like if an engine needs to be replaced or maybe not an engine but like a a bigger um, repair expense like sure, a turbo sure. you know things like that and so you know when when those unexpected expenses come up you've got that operating capital to pay it and yeah yeah get like on you said way. we we kind of talked about this I think it was uh, the last one was a financials episode so it might have been even the one right before that. Uh, people can go check out uh, where we talked about that savings and yeah. and the financial strength. So that's part one of it. Part two yeah. of it was to also have, and, and that's our operating capital. So that's like money that's readily accessible. And then the second is to have a, a, a savings account where we set aside 10% of our total debt. So w- once we have our fifth truck, we're going to have about $750,000 in debt. So 10% of that 75,000. So we want to have that $75,000 set aside in savings. And so that's separate from the 75,000 you were talking about with uh, like in checking and operating capital, right? Correct. So yeah, so you'll you'll be sitting on a a good chunk of emergency funds then. Yeah. All right. Uh, And you mentioned yesterday that this is going to tie in, uh, well, no, actually, hang on, before I get to any of that, um, what about about paying down that debt? You want to have this extra... 
in case, but are you going to be using any extra capital to pay down your debt or do you just do minimum monthly payments and uh, call it good from well, there? That, that's a really good question. And so there's some advantages of that, of paying down debt. And and one of them is, is you know, it's kind of like, you know, if you've ever bought a house before, they they look at your debt to equity ratio, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, if you've got a hundred thousand dollars in equity and $75,000 in debt, that's, that's looking a lot better than a hundred thousand dollars in debt and a hundred thousand dollars in equity. Right. And so the, the more equity you've got, the the better off you're going to be. So paying down that debt faster increases your equity more quickly, which increases strengthens your balance sheet, which banks like to see and makes it easier to get loans and stuff in the future. So that's a good question. But, and, and, and the answer to it, the short answer is yes, but it's kind of tied into another piece of this savings thing that, or this, this increasing our financial strength that, that we've been talking about. And so one of the things that Nate and Chet and I talked about was, well, how do we make sure that we've met that metric? Um, and you know, do we want to make sure we've met that metric before we add the next truck or do we want to add the next truck and then make sure we hit it before we add the next truck? And, and what we finally, we, it started getting really complicated. <laughs> and so the easy way that we found to do that is we said, hey, you know what? We'll just do this. Until those two metrics are met, we won't take any distributions from the company. So we won't take any of the profit out of the company for, until, the, owners. for the owners until those two metrics are met. And that so, makes sense. yeah. And so like in this situation, like, and when I say that, Nate and I are taking a little bit of a wage, especially Nate. He's taken, because this is his sole job, hmm. he's taken um, a, a wage out of it. So that that's a part from that. This is like the the profits. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. the salaries are built into the expenses of the company, Correct. whereas a yeah. distribution is separate. It's, it's pulling it out from those profits. Yeah, so right. okay. we won't take a distribution unless those two metrics are met. And then to add on to that and to answer your question, we've decided that once those... Once they're met and we decide to take a distribution, you know, say, say we, I usually with all my other businesses, look at everything once a quarter. So once a quarter, we'll look at how much money we made and decide if we want to take a distribution. And we'll do the same thing with, with, uh, Holland assets. And let's say after a quarter, there's, there's $10,000 in profits that, that we want to distribute. Well, we're only going to distribute 5,000 of it. And then the other 5,000 will go towards paying down debt. Oh, okay. All right. So. Right. So yeah, you may take some of the profit out of the company, but every dollar you do, uh, there's a dollar that goes toward the debt. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that and, makes sense. And this is one of the things where I see guys make some serious mistakes with their business. Um, we, we talked about salary. You should set your salary for your business as a very reasonable conservative salary. And then don't use your business as a piggy bank. Don't go and take out those extra distributions because... Uh, some bill came up or something happened, you know, don't use it as your piggy bank. Um, you know, only take out those distributions on a, you know, deliberately kind of like mm. what I do, you know, once a quarter we'll look at it and the profit that's left over, we'll distribute some of that. Don't just be taking money out without a good plan. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So we've got now four annual goals. Um, and is there anything else that you want to say about these before we wrap it up? Um, or even about the, uh, going back to the philosophy of the annual goals, anything else you want to talk about before we get to our impact tip? Not really. Let's, no? let's do the impact tip. All right. The impact tip, uh, Chris, cause I remember this from yesterday is, uh, it's a, it's a Nike tip. 
It's a Nike right. tip. Okay, what's the Nike tip? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they use that slogan anymore, but we're old enough that that's that's what we grew up with. That's the just right. do it slogan. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Children of the eighties. Yeah. What 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 year were you born, Chris? Seventy eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're very old. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. So a- annual planning planning is not the most fun thing in the world to do. It's not the most glamorous part of your business, but. As I said early on, I think it's one of the most impactful things, if not the most impactful thing you can do for your business. For the amount of time you put into it versus the what you gain from it, I don't think there's anything better you can do. And it's critical to a, a successful business. Yeah. And I like this impact tip because it goes way beyond just annual planning. Obviously, that's what we're talking about today. And it may not be something that you want to carve you know, hours out of your week or month in December for. Uh, but it is really important. And I like this impact tip because with so many tasks like this, uh, starting it is the hardest part. And once you start it, you discover, oh, you know what? This isn't as tough as I thought. It didn't take as long as I thought it it was easier than I thought, whatever. I mean, you talk about that with raking your leaves in the fall, you know, whatever. There are tasks where it's like, oh, you know, I'd really rather just do something more interesting or watch TV or something. But once you get started, like, oh, you know what? Eh, this feels pretty good. I, yeah. I like that I accomplished raking my leaves, <laughs> whatever the task is. Yeah, it, it's human nature to kind of avoid doing the things you don't really love. And and the actual mechanics of annual planning, planning I don't really love, but you, you, it's always good to find, okay, what's the silver lining in this that I really like? And And like I mentioned at the beginning, one of the things I really like is is it gets you excited about the future because you see where you want to be, you can vision it, and you you set a plan to get you there, and that's exciting. So yeah. I would I would just say just do it, make it a priority, and make it happen. Absolutely. Well, here, here, Chris. Uh, all right. So I would just say uh, here, here to everything. I love this idea of annual planning. I'm a small business owner myself, and so you've kind of lit a fire under me uh, that I need to be doing this for the next couple of weeks uh, before the year is out. So uh, so I think we should adjourn so I can go work on my 2022 plan. Sounds like a good plan. I'm, I'm not going to leave here until I see you making concrete steps towards uh, doing that. <laughs> so I will uh, just remind everybody um, that it is December and with Christmas coming up and other, you know, holiday season, things get a little bit weird. We will have one more episode this year and it'll be looking at November's finances, but we're not exactly sure when we're going to record and release that. So we've been on a two week schedule lately. Um, and just if, if there's not an episode in your feed in two weeks, exactly. Don't panic. (laughs) It's coming. So yeah, we'll be there. I think we'll make the two weeks, but, uh, Just in case. Yeah, just in case. Anyway, uh, but everybody enjoy your holiday season. Thank you so much for listening. So uh, thank you for watching on YouTube. If you do that, I hope you do because it's uh, it's always fun to see Chris roll his eyes at my stupid <laughs> jokes and, uh, and all that stuff. So um, Chris, thanks for coming in. I will see you next time. See you next time.